Hello and welcome to Multimedium, episode five. What's up, Tim? What's going on? <laughs> no, How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, Multimedium, hopefully you joined us uh, by um, uh, scoping out one of our other shows, uh, whether it's Tim and I uh, having a good time chatting about horror movies on Horror Movie Yearbook, or perhaps you've heard about us through one of the other Midwest Podcast Network shows like the Midwest Game Nerds, or the... Uh, the formerly dearly departed, but now resurrected uh, Midwest Film Nerds podcast. Yes. Um, however you figured out that we exist, we thank you for joining us. Multimedium is a show where we talk about um, adaptations, um, and they could be any kind of adaptation. Um, today's uh, adaptation is going to be The Warriors, uh, the original film by Walter Hill, which itself is based on a book, <laughs> which I'll briefly touch on, but we're not talking about the translation from book to screen it's a very loose translation to be fair very loose instead we're going to be talking about the translation from walter hill's original film to a video game um more of a rare occurrence i would say than well for a long time there were a lot of video game adaptations right tie-in games yes um i remember uh, an absurd amount on the 16-bit era, the Sega Genesis, uh, Super Nintendo, every movie, every big budget movie had a video game of some sort and they usually were not good. I think they were usually kind of cobbled together by um, on low budgets with crazy deadlines to get them out in time for the movie's release. They generally weren't very good. There were occasional gems in there, obviously. I have a soft spot for the Genesis uh, Stargate game. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't think I ever played that. It's not. I don't think it's a great, but like I have a soft spot for it. Okay. Um, and some of the Disney ones were cool. Like Aladdin was great. Aladdin's a very good one. Bit. Yes. Um, so there were certainly gems out there. What's interesting about this is this is a game that was released uh, in in 2005 by uh, year decades after the film. Um, the film really was a cult film when this game was released. Um, it was seeing a resurgence at the time of the game. Um, but it was made by Rockstar Games, which is kind of the most, maybe the most fascinating part about it is it's Rockstar Games, um, responsible for the Grand Theft Auto franchise, the Red Dead Redemption franchise. These are, it's a big developer, um, and they were already big at the time when this game came yeah, out. Yeah, what had they, so what had they GTA made? was in full swing by this point. Um, okay. GTA 3 and Vice City, and I think San Andreas had already come out at this point. Maybe not San Andreas, that could have been after. Actually, can't remember the year that came out, but they had two thousand four. When was this one? Two thousand two. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Okay. So they were already Manhunt. a household name. Okay. Manhunt's insane. Have you ever played that? <laughs> no, I haven't. I remember it. Like I remember it being around. You, like, I never brutally played. murder people like horribly. That's right. I remember yeah. the, like a lot of controversy Big surrounding time. that game. Yeah. Yes. And then they were they'd been Manhunt two for the Wii, <laughs> exclusively for the Wii, <laughs> and there was motion controls, so you could like like. I remember Mimic decapitating somebody, or it was, yeah, it was bad. Um, but whatever, I had fun with the first one. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're talking about the Warriors today. Um, we have a lot, well, not a lot. We have four uh, episodes in our in our back catalog. Um, we're building up a bit of a bit of a library here, so check those out too. Um, we've done everything from Ninja Turtles to Jurassic Park to Clue, uh, yes. the board game slash movie. So yeah, be sure to check those out. Um. Tim, are you uh, you ready to dive into this thing? You want to talk? Yeah, about let's just some, jump some right warriors? in. Warriors, cool. Uh, the film, 
was directed by uh, Walter Hill. You are a big Walter Hill fan. I mean, I'm a Walter Hill fan too. Right. But you're a big fan of, uh, I would say him, and certainly uh, one of his films is one of your all-time favorites, yes? It's almost a spiritual sequel in a That's lot of ways. my understanding. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Streets of Fire. Yep. With, yes, Diane Lane. Willem Dafoe. Yep. And uh, who's it's the kind lead? kind of like a rock and roll musical. Um, is it Michael Perry? Michael Perry. Yep. yep. Michael Perry. 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 Yes. Perry. Um, I can. I. I. I said, is it Michael Perry? Because uh, I do not Perret, know if that's how. Is it Perret? Perret. Yeah. 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 And of course, Rick Moranis is also in it too. So. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, there was sadly no Streets of Fire video game. Um, yet. Uh, yeah. Walter Hill uh, released in '79. Um, this was based on a 1965 novel by author Saul Urich. Um, the novel has nothing to do in terms of characters. Um, I say or, none of the warriors are even in the no, book, the, right? The, they're, the characters are completely different characters. The gangs are completely different gangs. I will say the basic gist of the plot of a gang on the run remains the same. Okay. So there is that. I think, are they called, is the main gang the Dominators in the I book? I believe it's the Dominators, okay. yes. And I think that the they make a point in the book, if I recall correctly, to make the gangs a little bit more, gang, like less comic book influenced and they feel more like actual street gangs okay. in the book as opposed to the, the finished film. The comic book influence on the film was definitely a Walter Hill thing. Um, he wanted to kind of inject some of that, his like his his love for that genre, that subgenre, that that medium um, into into the, the film. I think he thought the script was a little bit, it just needed something to punch it up a notch. Yeah, and I think it works. I think it, it yep. works in in the way Streets of Fire popped in my head. Streets of the Fire is like a big musical opera. Yes, I feel this in its own way feels like a big kind of soap opera, comic booky movie. It, it takes everything. It takes that street level. The movie takes that street level gang stuff and then elevates it up into yeah. yeah. It's a heightened reality, right? Yes. So I think that's pretty cool. Um. Anyway, so uh, when the film was released, they there were there were some legitimate issues with violence and vandalism at screenings of the film. Um, it did cause the film to be pulled from theaters earlier than it would have been normally. Um, as a result, it did not do well uh, financially. It was not, and it was, it was also not received well critically. Um, but over the years, and I think uh, through the advent, many movies, we've talked about this plenty of times in our other show, Horror Movie Yearbook, about how the advent of VHS and home video uh, a lot of these movies that maybe didn't do so well in theaters, a lot that are considered classics today of the genre, um, found their footing because of those home video releases and people being able to rediscover the movies. I think that was the same case for The Warriors. And because of that, it did gain a cult following, and it kind of became a thing, a cult thing. And you'd have fan sites dedicated to The Warriors online in the early internet days, and, uh, you know... Um, people dressing up as the warriors at comic book conventions and things like that. And so it definitely had a very, definitely a cult following, but a very, um, very dedicated fan base, uh, for those that were fans of the film. Um, we should mention the, uh, film was re-released, um, under the banner of an ultimate director's cut. And this is the height of DVD director's cuts, unrated cuts, all that stuff, uh, which was released in 2005. Uh, right around the time of the game. Actually, the copy on DVD that I have of the, the director's cut um, has an ad for the game in the sleeve. Oh, does it? Of the, so the two were kind of released. Uh, they coincided a release there, so it was a bit of a, um, a tie-in in its own way. Um, but I think they both existed separately and kind of were able to release them. Um, little synergy going on there. Um, 
And just a heads up for anybody looking to watch the movie. Yes. It's on HBO Max, and the default version is the original version. But in the extras tab, because they, and it's kind of cool the way they did it, they put the entire director's cut up there. So you have the choice to where you could watch the original version or the director's cut on HBO Max. You watched the original version. I did. I prefer the original version. I yes. do, too. I did watch the director's version. Did you? Cut. Yeah. The director's cut version really... It's not that it changes a lot in terms of the plot or the character. It doesn't really add a ton of scenes or anything. It adds a, an actual, very literal comic book panel element to the film. Um, there's freeze frames that cut into like drawn comic book panels and in between scenes and stuff. It's just it's unnecessary. I think I don't. I yeah. I don't hate it or anything. No. It's just it it kind of it kind I of bugs me. So I just yeah. it's not, it's not anything. I prefer the. Th- original version just because it's the original version of the movie without that stuff yeah because one of those cases yeah yeah, i know it's a director's cut i know walter hill wanted that originally i just think it's one of those things where to me personally it just it it just adds something that isn't i don't know didn't feel necessary at any point in the movie when i was watching it and i kind of just wanted it to not be there it adds something that's implied in the the original movie anyway so yeah you're right there's a subtlety to the um to the uh inspirations at least from a comic book standpoint in the original cut, this it's literally like it's there. It's <laughs> it's, yeah. it's comic book panels on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, the game released in 05, as we mentioned before, by Rockstar Games. Um, this game originally came out on the Xbox and PlayStation Two. It has since been ported to basically every PlayStation system since PSP, PS3, PS4, so on and so forth. Um, it's currently available on the PlayStation Store for those interested in checking it out. Uh, after we talk about it. Um, they were able to uh, snag most of the cast, the main cast, to return for the voice roles in the game, which is pretty cool. Um, the game is neat in a way, it, and we'll dig into this, it, it is an adaptation um, of the film, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it on the show, but the first two-thirds of the game are yeah. actually a prequel to the film. Uh, you don't dig into the events of the film until the last third or so of the game. So it's it's one it's part prequel, it's part adaptation and I think that's kind of a really slick way to to handle it because you you know you know you've got this with any cult following you've got cult following for a film or a game or whatever. You've got kind of an obsession with like I want to know more about this character who's only on screen for 2 minutes. It's a star the Star Wars factor, right? Like it's Every character from Star Wars has some form of official Star Wars like storyline written for them at this point, or an action figure or something. They could have been on screen for like three seconds. Right. Look at Boba Fett, right? Right. Um, but if there's a uh, if there's a feverish enough fan base and a demand for more stories of that universe you will get people wanting to know more about Cleon, for instance, who is a character who's really only in the movie for all of five to ten minutes. And the neat thing about, like, the Warriors, the movie, is it drops you in the middle of it. Like, these gangs already exist. They're established, all, Yeah, right? they are, they're established. They all have their own territories. So there actually is a ton of world t- out there to explore. Yeah, so. yeah, that's cool. And, 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 and yeah, you're right. It, you're, it's more, it's, yeah, it's, it's the universe that he creates in the film. There are so many different, th- it's such a wide-ranging universe you got all these different gangs and this hierarchy and um you've got the warriors themselves and you've got um cyrus and his what his plan is and stuff 
So to be able to dig into that a little bit in a kind of a prequel, I think is really slick and really, really smart. And I think shows uh, why Rockstar knows what they're doing. Makes me wish Rockstar had done more games like this. Right. Smaller games like this in between their big monster GTA games and stuff. Um, unlike the film, the game was well-received critically. Very well-received. And I think is still considered one of the great film adaptations ever, which is really amazing to me that it, it, the gap between the t- <laughs> the two is so far and wide and, and it worked so well. Um, before we dig into the story of both the game and the film, I would like to talk about, Tim, what is your first exposure to the Warriors, the film, the game, one or the other, both? What kind of... How did you? How did you so, first? So this first. is a weird, uh, weird first, and because I'm, I'm right now, I'm trying to find the exact moment, but I think it was when my first exposure. I think was in the late '90s because it was Shaquille O'Neal went up, and I think it was when he either won his first NBA championship with the Lakers or he signed with the Lakers because he went up there and he grabbed the microphone and he was Cyrus and he goes, "Can you dig it?" <laughs> and and I did not know what the hell he was talking about. Like, kind of like, what is he doing? What is he referencing? It, like, it became a kind of a. It wasn't like a like a phenomenon or anything, but like on Sports Center, like the anchors would parrot it. Like they'd say it too. They would say like, "Can you dig it?" And I'm like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Yeah. So I almost think like a, a year or two down the road, um, I found out it was from the Warriors, the movie The Warriors. Yeah, you check this out. Yes, <laughs> because the other thing that kind of worked its way into. That was the Warriors. That that one became a very big yes. Yeah, like even my mom knows. No, right? Isn't that (laughs) like that? Just kind of that kind of sunk in, and um, and like I almost think what like Shaq was trying to do was either if he won the NBA championship because now I'm trying to figure out why he said this, (laughs) like what was like his reasoning and the context for it, and maybe he's saying like he united like all of the gangs to come like or he defeated all the gangs and now he's the ruler oh my god he's like cyrus like he is the master of these gangs <laughs> like i like to think these... he thought about it like that like yes. that was his <laughs> so so shack introduced me to the warriors is, that's uh, fantastic yeah um what about the game did you know about the game did so you... the game yeah so i had watched the movie right before or around it may have even been the theater that um director's cut okay. might have been around the time that it came out because it I do remember it being kind of kicked out as like a, as something people wanted on DVD and all that. So I think the game I remember commercials for, and they were probably honestly it's probably during like wrestling. Um, it was probably because that seems like something that would advertise a game like this. But I didn't have a PlayStation Two, so okay. it was one of those things. A lot of PlayStation games kind of went into my head and out because I went I can't ever play. Yeah, that. if I can't play it, why am I gonna? Yeah, yes, because it was only on PS Two, correct? Xbox also. Was it on Xbox? Okay. I believe so, yes. Okay, so I just, I didn't, I had an Xbox, but I just, I didn't play it. I guess it wasn't something, I was never a big GTA guy. I mm-hmm. liked to watch people play GTA, but it wasn't something I yeah. played. So it just kind of went went in and out. And um, yeah, I honestly, I don't think I ever really thought about it until I worked at the video store. I think we had a copy of it. Yeah, um, we did. That's right. Yep. And I remember, I remember thinking, oh, that's a cool game. And then you brought it up. So I don't have a ton of exposure yeah. to the game. It's kind of your first major, yeah. Yes. And um, I, yeah, most of my exposure comes from to the movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The In terms of the game, I played the game when it first came out because I, I was already a fan of the film and, and uh, I want to say, yeah, I was working at the video store at that point. We could rent games before they came out. I rented it uh, as soon as I could before it 
it was re- officially released and I, I beat it before it came out because I was like super ex- into it and obsessed with it and I kind of loved it. Um, the movie and the reason why I, I so obsessively played the game when it first came out um, was introduced to me like a lot of the movies, uh, a lot of genre films by my dad. Um, and it, before I even knew it was from a movie, he used to say, come out and play. He used right. to like say that like in certain circumstances and I always used to be like, that's weird. Like, <laughs> what a weirdo. Um, but he explained to me what it was from. He's like, oh, it's from the Warriors and yada, yada. And I remember, and and, and I, I'll have to ask him, He's, you know, I'll be seeing him soon, which is pretty cool. Um, I'll have to ask him, but I remember him saying, like, Willie, what are you doing right now? And it was one of the rare times we had cable. We we had a cable off and on throughout the, I think it was just one of those things where, like, my dad got cable when, like, sports were on. Yeah. And then he'd, like, drop cable for yep. a while. Like, it was, like, football season sports. Like, and then he'd be like, I'm not paying for this shit. <laughs> Um, so it was off and on throughout the course of, of my childhood. Um, and I remember him being like, you know, he's like, you know, what are you doing? And I get in here. We're going to watch the warriors. It's on, you know, I don't know what, some random channel, probably the movie channel. Um, and so like we sat down and watched it. I was like, this movie kicks ass. Like, this is really cool. So I, yeah, that was my first watching it on cable with my dad and him the whole time. Like being giddy about watching it somewhere. He's like, Oh, it's the baseball theories. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Who are they? He like they, he didn't talk throughout the movie, but like his excitement came out here and there, where he was like, "Here it comes! Here's the line." <laughs> it's funny. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was my exposure to that. Here's what cracks me up about the movie, real quick. Is yeah, when I the first time I watched it, it when I was younger, mm-hmm. and in the city kicks in at the end. Yeah, I'm like this is such a lame song. <laughs> 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 I think the first of all, I should be like, I think the Eagles and Joe Walsh. I think they're lame. <laughs> okay, um, We're, yeah, I'm not a fan. We don't, you and I don't heavily disagree on things most of the time, but yeah. In the City is one of my all-time favorite songs, so. Oh, I was, I was. I'm hurting. My heart's hurting a little bit. But wait. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, when I watch it now, I'm like, oh, that is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. The whole I was going to say, I never liked the Eagles either perfect. as a kid, so. I'm just pointing out how, how lame I was, like how big, how much of a. We all were, right? I was very edgy when I was young. God, I got so scared, Tim. I was like, no. <laughs> he doesn't have to love it. No, when I was younger, I was just like, this is Dude, this stupid song. It should be like <laughs> Sex Pistols. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. It should be a punk rock yeah. song. Which would have been sweet too. But, right. No, um, In the City is like perfect capper. So that's God, the other rules, thing that yeah. I remember about the Warriors that kind of sticks with me. Other yeah. than those. Those are the like the that's iconic. Funny. And now there are, and we'll talk about the plot, I guess, a little sure. bit later. Most of my notes pertain to the video game, um, but that's fine because it's similar in a lot of ways. Well, the game and the, what, 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 here's what we're going to do. I do want to say about In the City. Uh, written for the film by Joe Walsh um, and the Eagles when, when Joe Walsh joined the Eagles later um, or I'm sorry when he rejoined the Eagles I think he did some so I don't know whatever he came back into the Eagles fold and they loved the song so much that they re-recorded it yeah. and put it on uh, I believe I like the re-recorded version a tiny bit more okay tiny bit more the Eagles version like because I think that's the version I've heard more because I remember when I when I when I watched the movie this time I went that's okay yeah this is the original version it's a little different than the than the the Eagles one so what was that uh what was that Eagles Live MTV like they had a CD I think it was a, maybe it was their unplugged set or okay Hell Freezes Over it was yeah. their reunion and like that was huge yeah. in the like the mid nineties yes. so and I think it may have been on their Hell Freezes Over so I my I dad love, listened I to love that, that song, all yeah. the time so. Yeah, I've gotten more into the Eagles as I get older. I think it's bound to happen. Um, I think it just happens to <laughs> we'll all of see. us. We'll see with me, but yeah. Let's talk about 
uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go character by character. Okay. And uh, the nice simple thing is that all of these characters appear in both the game and the film that I'm going to be discussing here. Now there are other there are some characters that appear only in the in the um, in the game. Um, they're kind of just the bosses of gangs and kind of more minor characters. I'm not going to dig too deep into those guys. They're kind of there to set up boss battles, but there's some fun ones in there. Um, you get to meet like the uh, the like the the big bad leader of like the baseball furies in the game. Briefly, he's a big boss fight. He's like an umpire and. Uh, there's there's a little bit of that, but I want to dig into our warriors and then some of the peripheral gangs and characters. So I think it would it only makes sense that we start. I actually want to start with Cleon. Um, I put Snow or Swan first because Swan is kind of the becomes our hero, the closest thing we get to a hero throughout the film protagonist. But I want to talk about Cleon first, played by Dorsey Wright. Cleon is um. Interestingly enough, there's a deleted scene in the original film with Cleon. It was the original opening of the film that Walter Hill decided to cut for pacing. He just felt like the he wanted to start things right out of the gate with like that voiceover of like them having conversations with each other and heading out on the subway to go to this big meeting. There was an original uh, opening on Coney Island, in Coney Island or on Coney Island, whatever, um, where Cleon is saying goodbye to his girlfriend because he's like, "I'm heading to this meeting and I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen," kind of thing. And it's set during the day. And the reason why Walter Hill cut it is he go, or somebody told him to cut it, is that he's like, you know, we shouldn't see daylight until they make it back to Coney. Oh yeah. And you see the sun coming up when they're almost home, you know, or they just got home. So I'm like, great choice. <laughs> but interestingly enough, they do set up Cleon a little bit more. In it's that funny how opening. little choices like that can make. It really does. Like, affect that's it. awesome. Yeah. The rest of the movie is dark. Like yes visibly is it takes place at night and it's dark and it's your only the only light you get is neon and street lights you know um which isn't featured in the in the city song i believe there's a line about out beyond the neon lights so there you go um anyway so uh cleon is the and you and you get the vibe in the movie uh in his brief screen time and you certainly learn more about it in the game cleon is the leader of the warriors right. at the time we start the story of the film right um and in the game, we get kind of Cleon's backstory or his story about how he formed the Warriors. Um, Cleon's either the, is he the main character or is he one of? Cleon's one of the leads in the game. Cleon and Rembrandt, really. They're a couple. Cleon, Rembrandt, and a little bit of Swan. Swan, yep. Yeah. Are like oh, three, yeah, yes. You Swan. play as a few people too, but like they're kind of the ones you play as the most, it seems like. It, they, ju- it drops you in with Cleon, right? Right out of the gate. Yes. yes. And uh, you find out that. Um, Cleon, who is was buddies with fellow uh, warrior member Vermin, uh, were members of a different street gang. I God, I can't. Why can't I not remember the name of the gang from the game? Um, they were members of. Oh gosh, it's going to drive me nuts. Tim, you can probably find it, right? <laughs> I'm working on it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, they were members of a rival gang, and they were um, screwed over by the gang and kicked out and left for dead. I kind of betrayed, essentially, in the sense that they were uh, they were set up, right? So they leave the gang and decide to go out on their own, and that's how they decide to form the Warriors together. So Vermin and Cleon are the, the founding members of the Warriors. And obviously we follow them throughout the, the, um, the building the reputation of the Warriors in the game and uh, getting more of these guys to sign on and join the, the gang. And then eventually, uh, we when we catch up with the, the film events, uh, Cleon's killed pretty quick. 
Um, was Vermin in the Destroyers? The Destroyers. Thank okay. you. That is the gang they're in. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, they actually, they kill the original leader of the Destroyers uh, in kind of their final, like, it's the final thing that they do to, like, fully take over Coney Island and become, like, a gang that's on the radar right. of the grammar, of the, uh, the, um, the riffs. Um, they wind up, I believe they wind up lighting the, uh, the leader of the destroyers on fire. It's insane in the game. <laughs> I think Cleon takes a Molotov cocktail and just yes, shucks yeah. it at the guy and <laughs> ignites him. It's nuts. Um, they are definitely, you see more of like the horrible things that the, uh, that even the warriors as a gang do in the Are game. Capable, yeah. yeah, like like mugging women in the streets and like beating up bums and stuff. Yeah, well, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about one of those characters cuz I, I remember when I was younger like I for whatever reason I think it's because he's played by uh uh James, thank you. Ajax like I remember him being like a cool warrior and, and then yes, I then I watch favorite. it and I'm like this guy sucks. He's an awful human being. <laughs> yeah, he is like scumbag. scum of the earth. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's like in my head I think it was just cuz was, he was played by James Ramar. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of comes off when you're when you're younger and you don't get the full connotation of what's going yeah. on. He comes off as like the Wolverine, right? right? The cool like roguish like I'll fight anybody but I'm like one of the crew kind of yeah. thing. And then you when you get older you kind of get annoyed by characters like that. Yeah. You're like just don't be a dick. Like anyway. <laughs> so um yeah, so Cleon winds up actually getting um he gets killed by the by the riffs after Cyrus is killed. Um, any thoughts on Cleon? I no Cleon. Cleon. It, it surprised me that he was so. I I knew nothing about this game going into it. Yeah, and so like it being a prequel even surprised me because they start the game off with the meeting. Yes, and it, then they it, circle back around, and then they circle back around like a few days before, like to the days leading up. I think to- you start. Yeah, so you start. God, how. It's maybe a month or so before the meeting tops was when the game starts. Right. And then there's there's periphery missions that you can play. Flashback missions they're called where you can see even further back into like how each member joined. Yes. The the the, the gang. So. So yeah, it took I was kind of taken aback by Cleon is cuz he dies in the movie like right away and yeah. like it it took me and a lot of it a lot of the movie's built around that. Yeah. Um so it took me aback, but it also is what I really like about this game which is that mm-hmm. um you you do get to like it it uses a license it uses an intellectual property to kind of tell a different story and flesh out that world in a way yeah. that's really cool and i think i think that's what these type of games should do plus he's got sick headwear yes he does <laughs> he's got that um what did you what would you even call that i don't know it's uh it's like leopard print um it's a very iron chic yeah mask. yes I'm trying to I'm trying to see if because I'm on the Warriors wiki. Yeah. But I they don't really have a uh, I don't know what that's called. It probably is called something. But it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Cleon. Wish we could have seen more uh, of them. They refer to it as just a do rag. I don't know if I it's would. It's not call, a do rag. Yeah, I don't no, know. No, no way. Unless it's a do rag that's open. I guess it could be. Yeah. yeah. Because maybe seventies do rag was a different beast. I don't know. Yeah. But, when I think of do rag, I think of tied up. Yes. So maybe it's just that's what an open do rag. Maybe like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Any do-rag experts, let us know. <laughs> um, Cleon, yeah, I like Cleon. I uh, like that we get to learn more about him in the game. Uh, he's he's kind of a badass, and I, I it's a bummer that he gets killed off so quick. Yeah. Um, all right, going down the list, let's jump over to Swan. Um, Swan kind of becomes, as I said before, our, our lead, our hero, the closest thing we get to a hero out of the Warriors, uh, played by Michael Beck. What are those guys where like you look at them and you're like, how is this guy not a like a giant star? 
Because like the he's a good looking guy, he can act. Like it just didn't. I don't he know. He voices him in the game too. Yes. Yeah. He does yes. the voice. Um, now I, I saw an interview with him where he explained that the reason why he didn't become a bigger star is because right after any sort of heat he got from the Warriors, he did Xanadu. He did Xanadu. Yep. <laughs> Looking right now. So that would. Yeah. Explain it. He like. Oh baby, he's in West Craven's Chiller. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, Swan Swan's an interesting one. So Swan is uh, he's kind of the the quiet. He's not the Ajax loudmouth tough guy, right? He's the he's the Clint Eastwood. He's the quiet, only speaks when he absolutely has to, like calm, collected, like ass kicker type guy. Um, plus, Michael Beck is like jacked in this movie; like he looks ripped. So you believe him as like a badass. He also has one of the more memorable lines in the movie. Which one? Which is uh, this is what we fought all night to get back to. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And yeah. him sitting next next to um. Uh, is, it, God, is it Mercy? That's the part yeah. I was talking about. Him earlier. sitting next to Mercy on the train when the prom. That is one of that is my favorite part in the movie. It's now. so sad. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so sad, and it it sums up everything about the movie. Yes. In this, and I love that they keep it in the game. Too, yes, when they're it running. does not need to be in the game, but they, no, especially because they're running through the plot really quick yeah. in those yeah. last few chapters. Yes. But I love that it's in the game because it does add kind of a thematic element to the game, which it, you don't get that a ton in video games. No, you really don't. No, yeah. maybe now you get a little bit more of that with how cinematic they are. But like even back then, like no, you're not, especially an adaptation of a movie. But that's not. kind of. I mean, that's kind of what Rockstar does. does. I think you can yep. even make an argument for some of the GTA games. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Red Dead, you know. Yep. Um, but yeah, I love that bit where she kind of goes to fix her hair and he like stops. Like, no, fuck that. Like, we yep. are who we are, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love, you know, some of the romantic aspect between the two of them is uh, sometimes a little bit troubling because there's a little bit of aggression there, perhaps. Like, But they're also... They're also like teenagers. They're teenagers. They're like late 70s New York gang members. Like, yeah, kind of. Things are going to be a little rough. This is who people are. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not going to be the nicest necessarily. Yes. And um, and I like that she stands up for herself too. She doesn't, she's tough too. She's not yeah. a pushover and stuff. Um, now, interestingly enough, uh, Michael Beck's Swan, who uh, we discover in the game, uh, joins the Warriors by competing in some sort of King of the Hill tournament with his buddy, Cowboy. Um, they're like it's a little king of the hill tournament where like to prove yourself to join the warriors you have to like climb this like giant stack of cars in a uh, junkyard and like the last two guys paired up that are like at the top who have like not thrown their opponents off are like inducted into the warriors and that's how swan and cowboy get inducted in kind of strange but yeah um but uh we meet him that way but but interestingly enough swan was not originally going to be like the lead of this film in a lot of ways and certainly not going to be the romantic lead uh opposite um uh mercy in the film it was actually originally going to be thomas waits uh fox i don't know if you're aware of that um no i didn't know that he was going to he and you can see them setting it up in the beginning of the movie fox is always the one that's hanging out with mercy in the first 20 minutes or so after they meet her and they're paired up. And then Fox randomly gets tossed onto railroad tracks by a cop and run over by a, a subway train and is never seen again. Yeah. And he's like one of two, like him and Cleon are the only two warriors to die in the movie. Right. And Fox's death is like, just kind of happens. And you're like, what? Like, holy <laughs> shit. Well, it's because Thomas Waits did not get along with Walter Hill. And he said, I'm going to, I'm firing him. So they literally <laughs> threw his character in front of a train and they said, Swan's the new guy. He's going to be the, that, that was Walter Hill on set. 
and that works. Like, I, that works because it, that's a straight up like that's gang member mentality. It right? is. <laughs> he iced him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not going to follow my rules? Then yeah. yeah. So kind of amazing. Um, love that story. But Swan and Cowboy were members of the Destroyers as well. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that's covered. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you covered that, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So um, they were also they were also destroyers. The 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 prime Coney gang before the Warriors came up. Um, yeah. So I, I I dig all the Swan and Mercy stuff. Um, like the character, like Michael Beck's performance. Um, definitely feels like the 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 leader of the Warriors, and you feel bad for him. You know, there that line, like you said, what a great line, mm-hmm. and the song at the end works, and there's just there's this element of when um, when the riffs show up at the end and uh, take out Luther and and let the warriors know they're off the hook and stuff. Um, you know, he says he says the best. You know, when they're like with and and that line means a lot, a lot more than just braggadocio. That that means to me like it's like he he's not. He's not going anywhere. This is like, yeah. you know, this is going to be his life beyond this. Nothing's changed for him. Well, that and the, the line and then the thing on the train, it shows and it kind of makes you feel for both of them in that moment because they have had these kids that come from the prom uh, have obviously had the time of their lives. This is the most special night of their lives. Yeah. And these kids that we have been with this whole time. That are presumably around the same age range. The same age. Like they have not, you can tell they have not had any sort of like childhood, teenage Nothing. years. Like it's just, that's all been ripped away because of where and when they were born. Like they, yeah, have, yes. they don't have any real control over their situation or their environment. Yes. Like this is just what they were Amazing. born into. Yeah, it's, and it's, and it's, it's, um, as nervous and scared as the prom kids are about seeing them, because and who wouldn't be? I mean, right? They're, they're scary. Um, you know, they're covered in blood and dirt and grime. They're clearly a gang. You, you'd be nervous. Um, there's almost this alien sense of wonder in the way that Swan and and Mercy look at. Not that they've never seen w- more well-to-do people, but there's this sense they almost kind of like. But they're just like what? I, like they're wondering like what's that like? What is that like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 a really poignant scene. Yeah. Um. Anything else about Swan? Nope. Okay. Cool. Let's move oh, on. You do to... get to play. You do basically become him. Like he becomes the main character towards the end. Of yeah. The game, so when we should... start, when you start, when they start adapting the movie, he becomes yes. kind of the lead, and uh, he's one of the best characters to play as too. I just gotta say that. Like, like, uh, his his strength stack. Like, who's ass. your? Is he your favorite? To play with, as yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. I'm a Swan guy. Swan, Swan rules. Um, I like Cochise too. I got a, I got a soft spot for Cochise. Okay. Uh, he's got a sick roundhouse in the game. Um, I will say, before we move on, one thing that this the game does, I think, so well is it really captures the look and feel and tone of the film, like the, from the soundtrack to the just the the lighting to the like. It really feels like an extension of the film. I, I want to make sure I say that before I forget to mention how great of a job they do at cap- truly capturing the vibe and the feel. You feel like you're playing you're you're playing in that sandbox of that universe. You really feel that way. It doesn't feel like it's just developers looking at existing stuff and going, eh, okay, we'll cobble together something that vaguely resembles. It really feels like it's the same universe that you're in, which is very cool. It feels like that kind of hyper-stylized version of New York City from the movie. It doesn't necessarily feel exactly like New York City in the late 1970s. It feels like the Warriors version of Yes, New York exactly. City. Yep. Um, let's move on. Uh, I'm actually going to skip around. We're, we're going to jump into Mercy real quick because I don't think there's a... 
because we're kind of talking about her with Swan a little bit. Okay. Is there anything else you want to mention about Mercy? We've kind of covered her a little bit. Yeah. I do like uh, she's the asshole. Like she she starts trouble and she's she's clearly not a great person either in terms of like she's does shitty things and and can be shitty to people, but she does have a heart and she does care as well. So there's an element of that that I think is Deborah, is cool. Deborah Van Velkenberg. Um, Sorry, I'm just looking. I'm looking of course. Her up, trying to remember. I, I'm sure she's yes. a, she. Um, is a character type that shows up in a couple of Walter Hill, like Streets yeah. of Fire 2, kind of the spunky younger. Yeah. Spunky younger it, woman, Yeah, it's the so. one he plays with sometimes. Yes. Right. Yeah, and I I think he's good at that. I think Walter Hill's good at a lot of things. <laughs> and yeah. um, I think that particular character type, he's very good at. But um, that's, yeah, mostly what I remember. Oh, she's in The Devil's Rejects. That's right. Yep. Yeah, she shows up real quick, I think. so. Yeah, I like I like her performance in this. Um, I think she... She's also in Streets of Fire. She plays Rava, so that's kind of... Yep. Oh, she is? Okay, cool. Yep. Um, she feels like a real person too. And I mean that in the sense that like they could have hired some sort of like over the top kind of sex pot for this role and it would have worked in the, in the comic booky sense, but like she feels like a real woman. Yeah. A real young woman like, like that. And I appreciate that. I think they all do to be honest with you. Right. None of them look like, uh, actors. Um, let's move on to Ajax. Uh, we mentioned before, uh, played by the great James Ramar. We both, I think, are Ramar fans, right? Yes. I like Ramar. Oh, I love James Big Ramar. Big fan of his. Um, <laughs> Ramar, uh, Ajax was my favorite as a kid. I thought he was just the coolest because he's so tough. Yeah. And I always thought it was so lame that he got sidelined in the movie like far too early. He wasn't able to like make it all the way to Coney and fight the the um, the rogues and stuff. I was always so angry about that. And then I watched it this time and I couldn't wait for him to get handcuffed to the... <laughs> Uh no he's an he's an asshole. Yeah, we're, um, aren't we introduced to him in the movie and the game like assaulting a woman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's very gropy and stuff in the game a couple times too. Yes, it's definitely an aspect of his personality that uh, and he's always trying to start shit like always like constantly he can't stop. He's do you remember going to like high school parties yeah, and stuff? Yeah, the one dude who always wanted to like who start literally shit, came yeah. and you knew and eventually like, he'd show up to all the parties. And he was that guy that you knew was going to somehow find a reason to try and fight somebody. He just wanted he wanted to he didn't even want to drink like he would drink, but that's just because everybody else was doing. He it. wanted to fight somebody. He was there to fight. He was mm-hmm. there to wait until someone else got really drunk yep. that wanted to fight, and those being super super aggro and like he was he was gonna throw down. That's him. You're right. That's and I don't that's like AJ. people like that. So <laughs> didn't like him back then. Don't like him now. Um, Ramar's performance is, is is fun in a lot of ways because he is very like. Wolverine-esque. Um, it's not fun when he's assaulting a woman in the park. Um, but it, it's it's fun in its own way, and, and you need a character like this, I think, in an ensemble with, of tough yep. guys. You need the one who's kind of the loose cannon, who's going to risk things for other people. You, I think it works. In its it. own way, he's like the, kind of the Raphael of the group, too. Well, you it's, said Wolverine, but yeah. Same vibe. Yep, yep same vibe, for sure. Um, he worked with Walter... Uh, Ramar worked with Walter Hill a couple of times. A few times, he's, yeah. He was in The Long Riders. He was in 48 Hours, too. I forget he's in 48 Hours. So. That's right. Um, yeah, and Ajax, uh, you play as him a bit in the game. Uh, he's a loudmouth, and he's he's very much Ajax, like he is in the movie. Um, there is a moment when you first meet Ajax, uh, and his first deal with the Warriors. He gets his vest, which is a big deal for the Warriors members. And uh, I believe it's him, I want to say... Ajax and Snow are paired up. They both join the Warriors together. They're buddies beforehand because Snow's kind of the other tough guy. He's just the silent tough guy. Um, 
they lose their vest, they get their vest, they get beat up and get their vest taken from them like the first day. Yeah. And so there is a fun in that in the game of like showing like Ajax is kind of a like can be kind of an ass. Like I, I'm showing you this right now. He was recently on a James Ramar was recently on a sports talk show and he still he was showing off his Warriors. Oh, best. he still got it. He still got the best. Oh, where, where <laughs> yes. is that? Man, so sorry, so you were cool. talking about that. I, I was... love, I love. Can I just say, <laughs> I love stories like that where like yeah. actors keep pieces. Um, they did a really cool, really cool uh, Ninja Turtles anniversary reunion. I think it, it's the um, yeah, you twentieth know, anniversary was last year. And um, wait, no, yeah, no, is it the twenty thirtieth anniversary was last year, and um. They they mentioned early on that uh, Alaska Teus wasn't going to be able to join because he's busy and stuff, and I was bummed. And then uh, like in the last like ten minutes, he popped on and he's like, "I was able to join anyway." And he had, has the the original Casey Jones mask still. Nice. And I was like, "How rad is that?" <laughs> anyway, here's a guy who like works with Scorsese and stuff yeah. now, and he's like, "I'm holding on to that." <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to uh, to Snow next. Uh, don't get a lot from Snow in the film. He doesn't have a ton. Um, he doesn't do much in the gang game either, does he? Like, he, I know you have to free him in Cowboy early. Yes, early on. Yes, um, he's he's very much played in the game as well as like this strong, silent type. Um, you get a bit more in the game from him in terms of like his background, but it's really it's it's a lot of like he is an enforcer. So he he is the guy that um, Cleon entrusts. If some heads need to be busted, he entrusts Snow first. He's kind first. of like a heavy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he can whoop ass better than anybody, except for perhaps Ajax. The problem with Ajax is he could whoop the wrong person's ass. Um, so, right. yeah, that's kind of what you get from Snow. And, and you know, uh, Brian Tyler's the actor. He's fine. I, I You know, works for me. Uh, next up on the list, let's go into Cochise. My boy Cochise, played by David Harris. Cochise rules. Um... He's kind of uh, he's got so much cool stuff going on. Like he's got like he's a cool the Native dude. American yeah. like headdress and some cool earrings and stuff. And he's got kind of like a cool voice, like a real high pitch, kind of like like very smooth. And uh, and he wants and he, and he he hangs at the Lizzie's apartment and he's like, loosen up, Rembrandt. Like let's have a good time. He's fun. Yeah. I like Cochise. Cochise is cool. Um, He's just got a cool vibe about him, and part of that is definitely the costume design. Um, he's got a, just the whole look. Um, in the game, you uh, he actually gets some pretty cool backstory in the game, which I, I appreciated. He um, He's actually from another area of New York and should technically be... He comes be, from money. Right. And he's supposed to be hanging with... Uh, God, what, what gang is it? It's the... Um, the boppers yes he would yeah and uh he wants he has no interest in hanging out with the boppers he wants to be a warrior yeah like he's like determined like i'm gonna be a warrior and so he has to prove himself by stealing the the biggest bopper hat he can find the size like i don't know i think it says in size nine yeah size nine bopper yeah. hat so yeah. he has to beat the hell out of some <laughs> at a disco yeah it's really sweet those were the that was the stuff i liked the game was kind of the side missions like, yes. kind of the, like the parts where you have yes. to like mug people for money and, that stuff's fun <laughs> yeah. the side stuff when it gets to an adaptation of the movie there are moments where it's like oh this is fun to play this part but like 
the side stuff is where it gets cool. Like the goofy, yes. like, yeah, I'm with you. I like Cochise. What about you? Any, any thoughts on him? No, like you said, he's kind of, he's kind of like the mediator. He's kind of like laid back yeah. a lot of the time, but, and now his backstory, that makes sense to me. He's like, he's like a dude that's got money, but he just wants to hang out and chill yeah. with the ones he thinks are cool. Yeah. They look, <laughs> they look cooler <laughs> yeah. to him. So he's like, yeah, I want to wear cool, like India, like native American headdress stuff. Like yeah. I can't do that if I'm a bopper. Anyway. Um, dance with the Lizzie's. Who doesn't want to dance with the Lizzie's? Yeah, so, yeah. put it down. Um, next up, we got Cowboy, played by uh, Tom McKitterick. I don't get a ton from Cowboy in either. Uh, he's very much a side character in both cases. I'm um, actually trying. Like, I'm while you do this, I'm I'm looking up. I'm trying to jog my memory on Cowboy. He's wearing a cowboy he's hat. He's wearing that's, a cowboy yeah. hat. Yeah, that's him. He is. Um, there is one. You know, like I said, you don't get a ton from him in either form. I don't believe the actor came back for the game. He's one of the ones that did not come back. For whatever reason, but um, there is a fun bit where he's um, when he's running with Ajax from the baseball fairies in the park, and if you notice, uh, <laughs> Remar keeps slapping his his ass while they're running to get him to run faster. It's funny if you watch it again, you'll notice it's kind of fun. Yeah, he's the dude. He shows up. He fights the fairies, right? Yeah, he gets beat up pretty bad. Yeah, he fights the fairies. That's kind of his only like real moment in the movie. Then I think he shows up again at the end. Yeah, there's not a ton with with cowboy. He's got a cool hat. Yes. He's one of the few of them that is classy enough to wear a t-shirt underneath that vest. Mm, classy. Is it? a real sucker. Yeah. <laughs> you got to show it off. Super lame, bro. Yep. There's a lamer warrior coming. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Rembrandt, uh, paired by, played by the late Marcelino Sanchez. Um, Rembrandt's interesting. So you get a lot of Rembrandt. You, the, you get a lot of his backstory. Yes. He's the last member, core member of the Warriors to join the gang in the chronology of, of the game. So he's, you actually, he only joins the Warriors like very shortly before the meeting um, because he's a skilled uh, tagger. He's a skilled graffiti artist and they need somebody on the crew that can really. He's like a, he's like an artist and he's like a writer too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And he's kind of, um, what's interesting is the, the, the actor who plays him is, uh, is homosexual or was, was a gay man. And uh, Walter Hill knew that and incorporated that into the bit in the Lizzie's section because he's the one guy who's like not like kind of poisoned by the oh here's attractive women trying to like he's like trying to tell those guys like we should leave this is yeah. not a good you know so it's it's I thought that was kind of it was cool Walter Hill to incorporate you know and I'm assuming that the actor was comfortable with that to incorporate you know something that was part of him into the character I thought was really cool um, I thought, and also in the game, I thought making Rembrandt like one of the first two kind of playable characters was like an awesome choice. Very cool because because you've got uh, when you when I think of the Warriors and I think of making video games, I'm kind of thinking of gang brawls and going around and doing like GTA style yeah. stuff. And I get graffiti is a part of that, but I don't necessarily think of like tagging missions or right. like an artist. This reminds me of, like, I've been reading old Captain America comics and for whatever reason, it reminds me like Captain America is like an artist yeah. in his part time in the old comics. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think they even throw some of that in the new movies. Yeah. A little like, bit. Like that's kind of his deal when he's not beating the crap out of yeah, people. Yeah. You're not always going to be doing the thing that you're known for necessarily. Right. right? He's Sometimes like, you're going to be doing. He's like a freelance artist in the comic job. books. And this, that's what this reminds me. I think yeah. it's a cool choice. It is cool. It yeah. is cool. Because Rembrandt's not the obvious choice to start with, like, rather, like, you start with Ajax or Swan or, one, you know, one of the bigger tough guys, but, like, Rembrandt's not, like, a tough guy in the movie. He's he's the artist of the group. He's right. the tiger of the group. Um, he holds his own during the fights and stuff, but he's not necessarily your obvious choice for the first-person play. I think it's cool. 
Um, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the lamest member of the Warriors, Vermin, played by Terry Mykos. <laughs> Michos. He just whines a lot. Yeah. I can't believe this guy. Vermin has like Vermin has that whiny face. By the way, oh, he's this... got a wonderfully punchable face. Yeah, doesn't he? the, he's voiced in the game by Joe Latrulio from What How to American Isn't that Summer. Amazing? <laughs> it's Isn't that amazing. Bad. The state. Uh, that's so good. Uh, yeah, no, Vermin's fine. And Vermin's just you need this member of the group like you need Ajax. You need the guy who's like bitching and moaning this is very much the hudson from aliens of the group right where he's just like shut up like what's funny about uh terry like, hudson's amazing terry miko says i'm looking up right now he's barely in anything else he he's he's barely in anything else and for whatever reason like it's just this man's face like he's burned into my brain as part of the warriors yeah like, right it's because he i don't know he has a look about him that just looks like it doesn't fit with the rest of everybody <laughs> totally <else>. yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> Totally. He doesn't, yeah. What's amazing is he's one of the, according to the game, he's one of the two founders of the Warriors, which is so funny to me. And he's like a brawler. Yeah. So, like, that's his thing. I can, so I can kind of see this. So, to me, he kind of looks like a, I don't know how to say it, like a, maybe like a football player, maybe like a lineman. Okay. Like, he's, he, like, he kind of has that kind of look to him where, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It reminds me of, like, like the cast of, like, the he Jersey Shore was really obnoxious, yeah. too. But like they also like were pretty good at fighting on those when they got right. in fights on the Jersey Shore. I've seen the show at right. some point. They like they knock people out pretty. So like yeah okay like they're obnoxious. They can like they can hold their own still. Um, last member to talk about is Fox. We did I did mention earlier that he was killed early in the uh, <laughs> in a story. I didn't isn't know, that amazing? I now love uh, Thomas Waits uh, also st- uh, uh, from uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, he uh, f- he was involved in the game, which is cool. I thought Thomas Waits, despite the fact that there were issues, obviously with Walter Hill and being on set and stuff. Um, and he, uh, you get a bunch more of his backstory in the game. He gets fleshed out quite a bit. Um, he's the scout, which I thought was kind of cool. He is the guy who he's the spy essentially. He's the one who has to stealthily sneak in and get intel for the Warriors before they just go start to rumble with some gang, right? I like that. I like that there's that role to play. And it gives him more of a... When you see him in the the movie, uh, he doesn't look tough like a lot of the other Warriors do, or like. but you understand why he's so important a member of the group, because he can get in places they can't. He's good at kind of getting around and stuff. I like that. I dig that. Um, I kind of feel bad that he gets thrown in front of a subway. He went on to have a pretty good career. Yes, he did. Yes. He did. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else about Fox? No, he doesn't have, yeah, like you said, he doesn't play a prominent role in the game either. He's just not. Kinda, a, no, yeah. he's one of the guys. Yep. yep. Uh, let's talk about, before we move on to the main man, let's talk about Luther, uh, leader of the rogues, the, uh, I guess, the, really the lead villain of, the, of both the game and the uh, the film, uh, played by, the I think, the great David Patrick Kelly. Awesome character actor. Love that man. Uh He's, God, he's done some cool stuff. Um, I always remember him. Um, I mean, he's done. He's he's he plays bad guys a lot. Um, he's done a lot of Spike Lee movies too. He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he he's a bad guy in Forty Eight Hours, if I recall correctly. He's in Commando. Um, he's in the. Crow. He's in Wild at Heart. Yeah. Um, he's one of the. He's one of the. Just under Michael Wincott, he's the big bad in The Crow. Okay. And he's so good in it. 
Like, he's so good in it. I like The Crow. I'm a fan. I think Proyas directed the hell out of that movie. I know a lot of people kind of poo-poo it because it's like, oh, Moby, you He went to, uh, David Patrick Kelly went to U of D. No shit. Yeah. How University cool of Detroit, yeah. Wow. I, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite, like, actors of his, like, that character actor type. Love the guy. Um, I think he rules as Luther. I think Luther in this movie feels more like what I would like from the Joker in a live-action Joker performance than what we tend to get, if I'm being honest. Not that I dislike Phoenix or Ledger or even Leto, necessarily. They're all different interpretations. But, like, Luther is what I... I don't know. Like, he vibes for me more with what I always have envisioned that kind of character as. Like, he's insane, and he just wants to, like... He, wants he, chaos. Just wants, he, wants, he just yes. wants to screw people's days up in the most violent and worst, like, nasty ways possible. Right. He wants nothing more than to make people squirm and also probably die. So, but squirm first. <laughs> um, he's sniveling. He's whiny. He's uh, a dick to his buddies. He's a dick to everybody else. He's a tattletale, but also a liar. Uh, he is really great and when a push comes to shove and it actually comes to a physical confrontation he sucks he gets his ass whooped <laughs> quick he is just a little troll yes like, yeah, that's yeah. What he he's yeah. a little nerd and he and, and it rules uh also his boss fight at the end of the game is obnoxious and terrible which and one is this does not age well you just have to chuck bottles at his head while he shoots at you oh that's the one yeah I and he keeps you. shooting you and it's like oh god it's terrible it's so <laughs> annoying not all of the Warriors game ages well, if I'm being, from a gameplay perspective. I mean, it is a PlayStation 2 game, so don't go in expecting it to be like some cutting edge. You're going to get frustrated on occasion. You will get the hang of it if you stick it out, and you'll have fun with it if you stick it out. Is it going to feel dated at first? Yes. Um, yeah, Luther's an asshole, but that's what makes Luther so great, I think. Uh, and when he gets his comeuppance, like when the at riffs the end of show the movie, up. Yes, yep. That is a great moment, and it's exactly what you want. <laughs> when he's like, no! Uh, speaking of the riffs, uh, we got to talk about Cyrus. I think he's the yeah. last main character I want to talk about. Cyrus is not around long in the film, but inc- obviously absurdly important to the plot and to the universe at large. Um what do you have to say about Cyrus? Tim? No, Cyrus, I mean, Cyrus is like kind of the inciting incident. And his death is kind of what drives everything forward. So, and as far as what to say about Cyrus, Cyrus, um, who's the actor that plays him? Uh, Roger Hill. Roger Hill. Uh, what a performance because he's only in it for a short period of time and he makes an insane impression. Insane. In like you totally believe that this guy is the head of all of these gigs scattered across. Like, only this guy who is this charismatic yeah. and is awesome could bring everybody together like this. Like, you're, you're like, I'm like, I'm, I might join a gang. Like, as soon as Cyrus is done, I'm like, I might join one He's of like these a gangs. populist leader. He's like, he's like someone running for office. Yeah. Like, you can see, like, you can see how people get swept up in this guy. Yep. <laughs> like, who he is. And so. of course, the one person who wouldn't is somebody crazy like Luther who's like, I don't want what he's bringing. I want right. to keep having fun and ruining things and he is the guy yeah he's the guy that wants to push all of these gangs for he even says it in his speech he wants to these gangs to kind of focus their energies yep. on pushing forward and you're right luther's the guy that's like uh-uh. no screw this uh-uh. <laughs> i like things the way they are which is just screwing around chaos and yep. yeah um yeah man 
he kills it as Cyrus. He rules. Uh, I buy every word he says. It's one of the great, I think, like film speeches of all time. Like mm-hmm. the Can You Dig It is like embedded in popular culture and. I think, like in your case, when you saw it on SportsCenter or yeah. whatever it was, you know, like or when Shaq, Shaq, when they yes. won the NBA uh, championship, was yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Y- you learned it before you even learned where it was from. I think right. that's how it goes for people. They right. know about the yeah. Um, fun fact: Cyrus Cyrus was originally cast. Um, the original actor cast as Cyrus was actually a, an actual gang leader, like a legit gang leader, and he and he never showed up and they never found out what happened to him. <laughs> and so they, Roger Hill was like a last minute, like we need an actor to come in and do yeah. this because this guy is missing and probably dead. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> um, but he killed it. The, uh, the, yeah, the one thing I want to touch on too, because this was made in the late seventies. So this is post like MLK and post JFK and kind of those, kind of those leaders of that era that were struck down. And it is kind of, in a way, a play on that because it's these two, that, those are two guys that a lot of people look to for leadership and pushing forward, and then they were taken down and by a guy who just wants chaos and just for no reason. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned. Unless you're that, a that. conspiracy theorist, and you think there is a reason. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're Oliver Stone. You think, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there was. Tiff, that's a long movie. Um, <laughs> good call, though. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we should do the. We should do a multimedia. <laughs> we should do. The, we should watch the. Uh, the JFK film, the movie, and then the assassination. Oh, okay, compare the two. Yeah, um, he shows it like fifteen times in the movie. He does. He goes over and over and over. I'm like, okay, buddy, let's calm down. What are you doing? A um, few more characters, to, uh, like very briefly to run through. I love Lynn Thigpen as the DJ. Yes, uh, yeah, Lynn Thigpen from uh, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Yes, what indeed, I from, indeed. Uh, well, PBS, yeah, absolutely. Um, she did not realize that it was only going to be her mouth in the film yeah. until she saw the finished product and went, "What?" She's got a great voice, fantastic, great voice. Uh, Hello, gumshoes, amazing. Uh, Mercedes Rule uh, plays uh, the policewoman, undercover policewoman who Ajax tries to. Uh, get frisky with and right. uh, is arrested by. Thought that was kind of a fun little thing. Mercedes Rule, of course, has gone to do a ton of cool stuff. Um, and then I want to mention uh, Masai, who is uh, played by Dennis Gregory. Masai is the second in command to Cyrus's uh, riffs and kind of takes over after Cyrus is killed. And he wears like kung fu clothes and stuff, and he's really sweet and has sunglasses. And I would like to know more about him. You don't learn a ton about yeah. him. He does keep telling Cyrus in the in the game, though. Like, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> this is not going to end well, and then it doesn't. Um, real quick, let's go through any favorite gangs of yours. There's a lot. Um, so, I mean, uh, the, the that's the the obvious one. Well, maybe not the obvious one. I like the Furies. I've always been, yeah, but great. the Furies yeah. are kind of the obvious one because they're so cool looking, mm-hmm. and they have the bats, and they, they have like a theme and a character. Yep. Now I they're kinda, very cool. I kind of dig the Lizzies. Yeah, they're I sweet. think the Liz- Lizzies are cool as hell. Yeah. They're like this gang of women in this very male dominated yeah, world. Yeah, they're just tough chicks that hang out together, and yeah. like they, yeah. they want to like kick some ass too yeah and then like they t- you go back and you party with them and- yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah they have a swinging pad you yeah know? Have- <laughs> so i kind of like lizzie's one of the things i really love about the game is you get to see the gangs in their own elements a yes lot of the time. You in their get territories to explore, explore their territories and you get to a little bit learn a little bit more about what the gang's strengths and weaknesses the like- hi-hats is an interesting one in the game because they're like 
they're from Soho, I think, and they're kind of like even the gang is a little bit like artsy fartsy, and right. like the leader's kind of an eccentric painter and stuff. It's really interesting. I don't know. They're the they're the mime guys in the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, love the riffs. Um, what is it? What does he say? He goes riffs, and then what do they say back? What the, what's the response? God, that always it's one of the coolest things, and I always forget it. Um, the orphans are nerds, <laughs> but they work really well. I think. There's a sadness to that too that like there's even a lower life form than the warriors in terms of like like social yeah. standing. Like here are guys that are so low on the totem pole that like they're trying to make themselves like puffing out their chests to the warriors who are like kind of sad too, you know. <laughs> um love the baseball theories. The Turnbull ACs are like scary skinhead guys. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Turnbull's AC is the one in the game you have to do, like, the jumping away from the car. The truck. The yeah. truck. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, of course, the rogues are the uh, Luther's big bad uh, big bad gang. I, they, they seem like losers, too, to be honest with you. They just seem like guys that are the willing word, to... The rogues are out to... I mean, they're rogues. I mean, they're, that's what they are. They're, yes. out, they're a rogue element. They're out to just kind of screw things up. Yep. Uh, oh, they say, yeah, right. Riffs, yeah, right. That okay. God, it's so sweet. <laughs> um, oh, the rogues have the hearse in the game too. That is pretty is rad too. Yeah, yeah, they drive the hearse around. Um, any other gangs you want to mention? I, I mean, there's a lot of cool ones. There are, I mean, like they had a field day. Come, there's a list that Walter Hill wrote of like a hundred gang names, and they're each represented somewhere in the movie. Um, the rollerblading guys that they fight in the bathroom is are fun too. Yes, the fight's fun. I love, I love the slow motion in this movie. I think it, I think it rocks. <laughs> yeah, I love I agree. good slow motion. Yeah, yeah. I see, like the Snyder cut. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Zach, this is slow motion done right. Yeah, yeah. Um, both the game and the movie basically end the same. I mean, it's 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 a culmination of their journey to get home. Um. And I think that both handle it pretty well. I do think they have to tack on a silly boss fight at the end of the game because a game needs a boss fight, right? A final boss fight. Right. And so, you know, it, it wouldn't exactly be satisfying to have the confrontation in the movie with Luther is he shoots a bullet, misses somehow, and gets a knife chucked through his hand, and that's it. Yep. What I, I do think the one stumble the game has is they weren't afraid to expand the mythology in terms of a prequel. I feel like like one or two more missions that take place after the movie and set up an actual boss fight would have been kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know who that would be. Yeah. But like make up a character. I, I don't get it like as I was watching through like I don't get as crazy about like the adaptation of the movie. I agree. I like the stuff before a lot. And I think more. that Rockstar liked doing this stuff before. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it seems like then the movie gets into all right, we got to build a level around this part of the this movie. The sequence, yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. I think it almost feels like Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> like, like all the stuff that's his, that original stuff, whether you like it or not. Yes. It feels like he cared more about that. It, sometimes it feels a little bit compromised in that they're like, well, people are expecting to play parts of the movie. We need to do we this. We need this sequence or this yes. whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, I would say, I mean, obviously, like in terms of which does it better, the movie does it better in terms of the the, the that plot and that story. What I will say, though, is the game, I think, does an incredibly admirable job of expanding that universe, and I think we've, we've definitely mentioned that a few times here. It really does... I wish there were more things like that. <laughs> like, the game is not perfect, 
like I said, the, the gameplay has aged. I want, once again, to just let everybody know I got very frustrated with this game. I did finish the game, and I think you 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 finished most of or you. I watched Walkthrough. You yeah, watched Walkthrough. I, yeah. <laughs> and part of it was coming over here and seeing you play that one level and going like, if I want to talk about this movie I better game, yeah. I better just, but I took I took insane amounts of notes on this four-hour yeah. walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. No, you did your research. There's no yep. question there. Um, plus it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't age great all the time. It just doesn't. Um, but, uh, I do think I would love to have seen more from Rockstar. Rockstar clearly are inspired by genre films from the seventies and eighties, especially that, that seems to be their, for sure. Their sweet spot. Look at Vice City. Oh my God. Yeah. Scarface. Yep. Yep. I wish that they would have. Don't, don't like Did they make a Scarface video game? I'm sorry. There is a Scarface video game. Yeah. The world is yours. Shit, you're right. No, it's not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is perfect. Um, <laughs> it feels like, yeah, it's not great, but that's fantastic. I, I played it. Yeah. I remember running around the streets of Miami with a flamethrower as Tony Montana. They played, yeah, they made a... Oh, my God. I think it's a this sequel. Is, this is not good, this game? Like, it, <laughs> no, it's not, but it's good. <laughs> Uh, this is one that you should like. They made a Godfather one around this time too, but yeah, yeah, which I think was okay. Yeah, look sorry. At the, I read up. Uh, read up on the plot of the Scarface. It's okay. a sequel. It's it's a sequel. Sorry, Tony Montana. Yeah, he survives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not joking. I, I I kid you not. This is a thing that exists. I'm looking it up right now as we speak. That might be the. I'm trying to think of a funnier like survival of an ending of a movie and like that might be it it is yeah because he is <laughs> he gets i mean he gets shot to death like he, he gets blown apart at the end of scarface so like, the only thing they dead. don't do is like the end of mcgruber where like he shoots him and blows him up and then pisses on him at the end. <laughs> like, that's true <laughs> and that's a spoof um all right, Scarface the World is Yours begins during the final scene of the film with Tony Montana's mansion under attack from assassins sent by Sosa. Unlike in the film, however, Tony is able to overpower Sosa's men and escape the grounds. Okay, so it's, so like, it's like an alternate if. reality. Yep. Okay, I'm cool. Yep. Okay. Escape the grounds just as the DEA and Miami-Dade police arrive. So there you go. Perfect. Perfect. That's a, that's, if they ever made a sequel to Scarface, I want them to do exactly that. I and they turn to Tony into like a hero. <laughs> Tony laments the death of his friend Manny and sister Genia, who he wanted to have sex with like 10 <laughs> minutes before, curses himself for not listening to the advice of others due to his stubbornness, decides oh, to quit. I that he has a crisis, like a curse yes. of conscience. <laughs> decides to quit cocaine and vows retribution on Sosa. They make him like a hero character. Okay, so the only thing that's not ringing true is deciding to quit cocaine because, well, maybe he decided to quit cocaine because he does a mountain of it at the end of his He doesn't need anymore. He's all set. It's up there for a long time. <laughs> Anyway, when you do that amount of cocaine, you only need to do it like once a year. Sorry, we got sidetracked. Yes. Anyway, it's hard not to. Um, anything else that you want to talk okay, about? Okay, so yeah, real quick, I yep. want a couple of things here. Um, I really love. So, which does it better? But in some of what I'm going to say here, we'll tie into that. So, I really love a couple of the touches this game has, like the loading screen where it has the kind of the Wonder Wheel in the background. I love so that kind cool. of stuff. I love being. I love the music in this game. Um, it feels a lot, and some of the m- music in the game are is from the movie. The score in the movie is really sweet. It is very good. Yeah. The Warrior scene is awesome. And I don't love '70s scores all the time. Yeah, this works for me. Yeah. Yeah, the Warriors theme is really good. Um, 
<laughs> along that same line, I think they capture, we talked about a little bit earlier, they capture the setting of 1970s New York really well, and especially that stylized version of it. The only thing, and I do think it's a, I think it's a valid criticism because Spider-Man 2, the video game, came out around this time as well, mm-hmm. right? And that is much more open world. Yeah. This, yeah. this is a little bit too linear for me. It's very limited. Yes. Yep. You're, like, you're pretty much on a track of what you can and can't do. Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite, like, based on a movie games of all time because you are Spider-Man in New York City. And, I mean, I think the games, since in, like, the new PlayStation game, obviously, has taken that and amped it up even further. But that was, I remember that first Spider-Man video game kind of being a straightforward, like, this is the movie, but then you get a couple sides. Yeah, right. I remember and, that too. Yep. And the Warriors feels more like that. So some of the Warriors feels like a missed opportunity in that boat where I kind of want to be, especially if you're going to give me like a month before or however many days before like we get into the movie proper, I kind of want to like live in this world for a little bit and go different places and maybe maybe mug some people GTA style and like yeah I can yeah on my I, I, own I get you and yeah. not not on any mission so I do think that's a missed opportunity but I will say for the game much like Spider Man two and this is the kind of games I, I think you touched on it too these are the kind of games I want to see I want to see the games build I don't want to see a straight retelling of the movie like this turns into at the end I want to see that stuff before I want to see it fill in the world. World. Love um, that. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I point to Spider-Man 2. This game got me in the mood to like at least watch a walkthrough of Spider-Man 2 again. Awesome. Because I love that game. Awesome. So um so that's it. Um yeah, I like I like that what it keeps in, but for me it's the movie. And yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just I I think the movie is is perfect in its own way, and I, I but I do think the game is a is what you should be aiming for with the kind of stuff. And like Absolutely. Said, I wish there were more types yes. of this. Yeah. And you can't ask, I don't think, for a much better supplement to a film than what this game does. Right. Um, I think it, it it makes rewatching the film, I think, uh, even more rewarding. Because you've got this... Because the game feels so authentic, I buy that this is... Can, I'm using air quote Canon. This is what happened before the film like I buy that like this okay these are this is the characters backstories so now I care even more about the characters than I do uh, just watching the film which is cool that's yeah. a success in my opinion for sure um yeah man it's uh did you know Reagan liked this movie really yeah Ronald Reagan was a big fan called Michael Beck the guy who played Swan okay and wanted to let him know I screened the film at Camp David and we were all huge fans. I can maybe see it having... He's a Western guy. It's so very it much Western. Some, yeah, it does have some throwback yeah. elements like that, and it does kind of have... I'm a Western, Western guy, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've turned into one as I got an older. Uh, like I, I said. <laughs> I, and what I mean by that is, like, like when I look... I've been, well, you're a Carpenter guy, and Carpenter is basically making listen, Westerns throughout well, his entire career. Well, right, yeah. so what I, what, I, what I should... Yeah, so I, I've... I've as the years have gone by, I've more and more appreciated actual Westerns, traditional Westerns. Yeah. But I also have realized that most of the movies that I love have some sort of major Western element, element to them. I, really, it's funny. It's so like I, Aliens I, is like in a lot of ways a Western. Like, well, Walter Walter Hill would go on to make Westerns as well. Yeah. 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 Long Riders, Wild Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I think about a lot of my favorite movies and I go, wow, these are all kind of variations on that what it was already done in western so yeah he fun. came up with carpenter didn't he they went to usc around the same time yes I they believe. did yeah i yeah. believe they they were friendly um guyler too david guyler i think was another one who was friendly with them 
Um, and uh, O'Bannon. Yeah. Yep. They both worked together with O'Bannon on different projects. So Walter Hill worked with produced Alien, um, which O'Bannon wrote yes. and was going to direct. I think was the initial plan. Um, but O'Bannon was a madman. <laughs> All <laughs> the late great. A O'Bannon. lot of those guys are very hard headed and, and stubborn in their own ways. So yes, but it's why they've made some good movies too. Yes. So. <laughs> well, there, I, I think for for a lot of those guys, there's got to be a, a. If you did not adapt to the way that filmmaking shifted throughout the course of the 80s into like big budget studio filmmaking you got bitter maybe a yeah. little bit or you became Walter Hill who maybe is bitter I don't know but like he adapted better I think than some of those guys did yeah anyway uh that's the warriors uh really great movie uh one of my all-time favorites probably in my top it's not my top 10 uh, maybe my top twenty or so movies all time, like uh, way up there. Love the film. Um, looked up Warriors jackets on Etsy to see if anybody made any decent leather ones. So wear it around the house. <laughs> Assert my uh, my authority. Uh, shirt underneath or no? Oh, I wouldn't. No. Oh, absolutely. Not. I'm getting chest hair. Yeah, I'm not. I'm showing it off. I never had chest hair, Tim. So it's recently started sprouting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know because well, I don't know. As you get older, hair starts showing up some places. I don't know. Right. I'm getting chest hair, man. <laughs> I didn't know it was chest hair, but I'm getting it. Yeah, I never had it. I'll show it to you after we're done. <laughs> Please, uh, just wait till you get the vest. Wait till you get the work. I'll show vest. it to you at the vest, and I'll, I'll spritz myself a little bit. Yeah, I gotta have some sweat. Um, I'm not doing any of these things. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. Anyway, thank you for joining us for the Warriors. Yeah, uh, we do have a plan for our next episode of Multimedia. This one might be a little ways out because it is going to take some. It's a big book. It's a big book. Was it's this like a request? Five hundred. No. Okay. My request, perhaps. Um, I love. Okay, we're doing Battle Royale, um, which is probably best known as a film in its film form. Um, it's a Japanese film. It has a major, major. It gained popularity in America because it was not released in America, I think is the funny thing. It, there was a lot of controversy about the subject matter. It was came out in 2000, and there was a lot of sensitivity still about, understandably, about school shootings and, and, and student yeah. violence. And Battle Royale is a movie about high school kids or middle school kids killing each other uh, horribly. It's an insane alternate reality version of that. And so I think we need to be a little more careful. And and I think people have understood that this there's merit in this film. Anyway, whatever. Um, directed by Kenji, Kenji Fukusaku, who is most well known for his uh, Yakuza films, like uh, Japanese kind of violent Japanese mob films. This was his, I believe, his last film. Um, legendary career. Uh, but what I learned later, after I became a fan of the film, after I imported my copy um, because it was not released in the U.S. I felt really, really cool because I did that. Um, at the time, I did not feel cool saying it out loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is cool. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I was, I'm, I was real, real tough. I would have been jealous. I would have been very envious of you. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, well, here's the sad thing is I lended it to a lot of people because everybody wanted to see it, but nobody could get a copy. Right. And uh, I was lucky that it lasted as long as it did before somebody didn't give it back because it finally wasn't given back. Luckily... It has since been released on uh, Blu-ray 
in the U.S. I think it's still available to buy. I know it's available to rent, um, but uh, I have a Blu-ray copy now, which is fantastic. Um, and it, I think it's even got subtitles and special features, which my copy did not have before, so now I can watch special features. Anyway, uh, the film adaptation directed by Kenji Fukasaku based on a novel, which I read later because I was like, oh, I like this universe so much, I want to check out the original text. They translated it to English. There's a couple different translations. We'll talk about that a bit. Uh, Kushin Takami, I believe, is the original author. <coughs> I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I feel bad if I'm not, but uh, Kushin Takami. Uh, yeah, excited about this. We're going to talk about the original novel and the film adaptation, which is probably the more popular of the two. Um, there's also a manga, <laughs> which yeah. we talked about. I don't know that there's any easy way to read the manga. There are probably ways to read it, but let's <clears> stick <throat> with the novel because yes. it's available. Yeah. If I can dip my toes in a couple issues in the manga in some decent way, I'll mention the manga on the episode. How about right. that? Because these are three very different beasts. Okay. They are all the same story, and they are three incredibly different beasts. I want to let you yeah. know up front. Uh, the same characters, the same events, the same basic plot. Tonally, the vibe is to- is very different. And I'm excited for you to read the book and see the movie again. Yeah, it'll be... A, see what you think. It'll be a couple weeks because, yeah, I'm waiting It's going to be a ways. Copy. Yeah, we're a ways up. This is a long book. I will be able to start soon-ish. Um, I'm not currently reading a book, so that helps. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, I'll get jumping on soon. But Tim is in the middle, in the midst of a book. Let's give Tim some time. Lonesome Dove, speaking which of is not, Which makes Battle Royale look short. <laughs> I'm um, a third of the way through right now. So Yeah, you could kill somebody with a copy of Lonesome Dove. <laughs> uh, I got my first Marvel omnibus, so I'm reading through that first, and then I'll jump in Battle Royale. I just want to real quick give a heads up. So I'm going to drop this because we had to push back the Raimi bracket. I'm going to yes. drop this in our Horror Movie Yearbook feed, and I want to encourage people, if you are listening to this and you subscribe to Horror Movie Yearbook, yes. jump on over to the Multimedium feed and when our new episodes for this pop out, you will get them. I just want to give people a heads up because they're going to see this in the horror movie yearbook feed. And, and be like, what is this? And maybe, maybe some people go, what is this? But we had to push back um, our Raimi bracket another week, but I wanted to give I wanted to give everybody something this week too. So Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, and, and you know what? If you're joining us and you're really just kind of interested in horror stuff, we do, uh, you know, I mean, we, Jurassic Park, the novel is very much a horror story. And uh, Resident Evil we've covered, which yes. is uh, very much horror as well. So yeah, you know, stick with us, check it out. And I would say Battle Royale is a horror story. So thank you for joining us on, on Multimedium. It's been a great time. Um, don't ever hesitate to contact us, to send us ideas for episodes. We are always looking for, sometimes it is hard to find interesting adaptation options, I think. Uh, we've done a good job, I hope, so far. Um, but we would love to hear from you guys and hear any ideas you have. Uh, you can email us, multimediumpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Multimedium Pod. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can you can find us on the socials, so please do. And let us know what you think of the show. Give us some ideas for future episodes. We'd love it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time with Battle Royale.